Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopard home. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. everyone and welcome to the angry chicken i'm your host jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host ridiculous hat hat how the heck has hearthstone been treating you i missed you last week i missed you too it's doing all right i'm still on top 100 eh, eh. What? pretty good that's pretty fancy it's all right how are you how are you tell us about you uh, I'm doing okay. So a uh, quick announcement for you guys. We're not going to be doing live shows for the next uh, probably few weeks. Uh, I don't know exactly how and when, but basically I've been feeling really freaking awful in the evenings. And so I uh, can't really do live streams, can't really do late recordings. So we're scheduling reasons and trying to actually get me on the show and get shows out every week. Um, we're just going to be all over the place. So um, we are still going to be putting episodes out, but we won't be doing the live Twitch recordings. So um, thank you guys so much for all the support. And you guys have been awesome. But yeah, we can't we can't do live shows for a little bit, but you will still get Angry Chicken episodes, which is very exciting. Yes, I'm excited. And I, I get to talk with you, and the sun is still up. I pointed as though we have live viewers. It's just you and me. No <laughs> one can see this, but there is sunlight. It's wild, right? Like, I never, ever, ever podcast. Like, podcasting is an evening thing. It's a thing that you do after dark. <laughs> yeah, it's, hmm. Put a little stank on that. the light of day, so weird. Yeah, it is a very vampiric activity. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to having a little bit more energy when we do our recordings and and feeling a little bit better, hopefully knock on wood. Um, so yeah, we will uh, keep putting the episodes out for you guys. Obviously, it's a really exciting time right now because we're in the middle of card reveals. We've had a new expansion announcement that was last week. So we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, we wanted to take a moment to thank our patrons over at Patreon dot com slash tac we are supported by our epic patrons over there if you become a patron you do get access to our tac discord server like minnesota fats did this week thank you so much for the support again if you want to become a patron you can go to patreon.com slash tac and now let's get into the news good news everyone We got cards. We have so many cards. We have 75 cards at the time of recording right now. Oh, my goodness. Is it really that many? Already. Yeah, it's that many. I So <laughs> this morning, I brought up the card library on the official Hearthstone site, and there were 69 cards. And I'm like, I'm just not going to refresh all day. <laughs> That's nice. But then I did because, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, not bring everybody the up-to-the-minute news, but... It would have been so sweet if that was <laughs> how many cards there are. But yeah, so there's 75 cards because 
like our last uh, expansion when Death Knights came out, uh, they have given us all the neutrals. So we have some class packages that have been revealed as well, but we have all of the neutrals, like first thing everybody knows what they are. And uh, there's some pretty crazy ones. So, but yeah, 75 cards already. So I want to get, hold on, before we talk about cards, last week we had oh, the yeah, wonderful, we're not going into cards yet. wonderful, amazing Slissa. She's great. She's a BG's player, had some good insights because, you know, she's smart and and aware uh but i want to know what you feel about this this expansion's vibe just in general like we got a music festival it's not it's really not wow related like there are some references the dk band apparently is real in wow it, like it's a thing in the wow universe but otherwise this isn't alterac valley this isn't the barons this is just like a bunch of wow themed characters doing music well yeah this is what in my opinion, Hearthstone does best is when they take inspiration from Warcraft, but then they put their own like crazy fun spin on it. Like they're not doing the whole like Baron Stormwind Alterac, let's rip it straight from Vanilla WoW. Like they're doing something where they're like, well, yeah, we have like undeads and Tauren and demons and stuff, but guess what? They're all part of some really cool bands and we're going to go to a music festival in Thousand uh, Needles. Like it is very, um, it reminds me a lot of like Mean Streets of Gadgetstan where it's like Gadgetstan exists. That's a thing. But like the three different like factions with it warring within the city and those themes and stuff don't exist in Warcraft. Like we hoped it would. Everybody was calling for like a PvP arena based on that idea. But um, yeah, basically, I think this is what Hearthstone does best is when they have their own original, cool, funky, weird idea and they bring Warcraft characters into that universe instead of trying to to just replicate WoW in Hearthstone. Yeah, it's I remember very long ago, I remember when they were talking, when you were talking on this show about One Night in Karazhan about how you were actually a little bit less excited than everyone thought you would be because it was the sparkly expansion because you were like, but this is a wow thing. I want Hearthstone to do a Hearthstone thing. And that's always been your vibe of like, let's do our own thing in our own game. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that like, I mean, for me, like, this expansion's not my vibe. <laughs> like, I'm not a big music person. Like, I mean, I, I, I listen to it, but I don't like follow it. I'm not a big concert goer. Like I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are going to get a lot more out of this expansion than I do. And I mean, we know the Hearthstone team by now, the amount of like Easter eggs and little references and stuff that are going to be in these cards are going to go right over my head. I am telling you all that right now so that we don't get a billion emails over the next few weeks as I talk about like cards and stuff and don't get the reference. Like I will get no references. <laughs> I will try to explain as many as I can during the show, which I'm honestly kind of looking forward to. <laughs> but yeah, so like this expansion isn't necessarily my vibe, but I do recognize the attention to detail in this. Like it is a very cool idea. Like I like the idea of every class getting uh, a spell, which is like their like their song or like their their big. I, I don't want to use the word finale because that's a new keyword that we've got, um, but it's like their big 
like a headline song thing, right? Like, I think that's a really cool idea, giving everybody a legendary spell. Um, everybody gets a weapon, which is their instrument. And then everybody gets a minion, which is I get a legendary minion. Obviously, there's going to be many minions, but everyone gets a legendary minion as well to go along with their legendary spell. And I think that that's a really cool idea. So I, I recognize that it's a very interesting expansion and there's a lot of really cool card text, too. Like there's a lot of interesting mechanics that are being introduced here. So. But yeah, music festival wise, not my jam. <laughs> not my jam. Uh, was that was that an audio pun? Is that what that was? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we'll do just fine. So you mentioned finale as a keyword. Mm-hmm. So finale is a new keyword that basically gives you a bonus if when you play the card with finale on it, that uses up all your mana. So if you have four mana left in a turn, the card costs four mana, it has finale on it. Then when you play the card, the finale will be triggered. Um, I did see some questions along the lines of like, what if I play a finale card and then coin out a one cost card or something? And it's like finale happens when you play the card. Like, it doesn't matter what you do after. It doesn't like take back the effect (laughs) and be like, oh, you had more mana. Tisk tisk. (laughs) Yeah, it's finale is it is a check to see if the first number in your mana bar is zero. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of a really interesting idea, too, because like very much rewarding. I, I like when they make mechanics that reward stuff that you want to do in Hearthstone anyway. So like spending all your mana every turn, that's generally a good idea. So here's an extra thing that if you do the thing you're trying to do anyway, you get a bit of a bonus. That's really cool. Um, and I think that there's like a couple of other examples that like reward things that you may not necessarily want to do, like overkilling stuff. Like now it's like, hey, normally this would be a bad thing, but you know, here's a bonus if you do the bad thing to kind of like make it not so bad. And I think the other keyword that we're getting, um, specifically that's going to be evergreen for priest, which is overheal. That's one of those things too. Like normally you don't want to heal more than the health of your minions or the health of your hero. But now you're going to get a bonus in some specific cases on those overheal cards when you do exactly that. So there's some interesting design space, I think, in both ways where like doing something that's normally a negative gives you a bonus or doing something you're trying to do anyway gives you a bonus. And we're kind of seeing both of those in this expansion. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah, it's an overheal as well. It's... Like, it's not ideal, but it's the only way to make pre-space hero power proactive. And that's really where overheal comes into play, in that the best turn to play for priest for years has been heal your opponent's face and emote the light shall burn you. And now, if <laughs> if there's a one drop with overheal, which I assume there is, uh, that then you can hero power on two and do something. And it's not you still don't want to hero power on two, but it's better than doing literally nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're also getting harmonic spells, which change between two forms each turn that they're in your hand, which is like, it's just, it's Witchwood Worgens, right? (laughs) Yes, but it's Witchwood Worgens, but without like stat cost. The the flippy minions were pretty rough because there was always one that was better than the other. And they were also not super well costed. Like there's a one, four and a four one. Yeah. I don't want either, <laughs> but this is the example is 
that we have the uh, Harmonic Death Knight card. It's a Harmonic Metal, which we'll just use an example. Three mana, one Blood Rune card. It either gives four random minions in your hand, plus two, plus two, or two minions, plus four, plus four. Neither mode's really bad, right? It's three mana for eight, eight stats in hand. Yeah, it just it just changes how those stats are distributed. But like one, you're right. One isn't necessarily better or worse than the other, unless you have like if you only have two minions in your hand, then you're gonna want to wait until it's the dissonant dis- dissident no dis dissonant dissonant uh, yes version. dissident is much yeah. more political. We're gonna not do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, it's uh, it like. There are going to be, you never build a deck for one of these modes. You build a deck to buff your hand, and there is a lot of hand buff stuff in the set, and so I'm glad that Blood Decay is getting some more of that. But theoretically, if you're building a hand buff deck, you have a lot of minions, so you're not ever going to be upset about the four minion buff thing. And then if you happen to make two really big, you can do that and maybe hit your no Muncher. It's interesting and dynamic. There's still, the deck is still stacked against these type of effects, because usually one is better and usually Hearthstone is a game where you play on, on curve as much as you can, using your mana as much as you can. So if you have to play this in a turn where it's not in the mode that you want, you're not going to be thrilled about it. And that means these cards have to be a little better to make up for it. I'm not sure that this spell is. We'll have to see. But at least it seems more generally applicable than the minions from Witchwood, which were just kind of not great, even if they were in the mode you wanted. There wasn't any that was really the best stat. <laughs> They were just like, they gave the illusion of flexibility, but in reality, they just locked you into subpar plays a lot. Yeah, I don't remember um, out of any of those wargans from Witchwood, like any of them being meta cards that saw play at all. (laughs) I'm not sure I remember, like there was a spell shifter that was a 1-4-4 with spell damage plus one. And there was Gilnean Royal Guard, which is like eight mana for a three eight or eight three divine shield. Eight mana, man, that thing. Those were so bad. It, they were terrible, right? Like- yeah. <laughs> I think Witchwood is the worst set in Hearthstone's history, but that is a discussion for another time. But yeah, I think this is a good is example. Not now. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then finally, we're also getting Soloists, which are kind of an interesting minion. Uh, they're uh, I guess they're not a minion type, um, but minions with text because <laughs> soloist it's not a it's not a keyword, right? Like it's a cycle. Okay, <laughs> uh, cycle is like thematic one for every every class. So like every class is going to get a soloist. They're all going to be named soloist, but it's not a mechanic. It's just. 11 cards, one for each class that'll all do something different based on the class they're in. Oh, it's the it's the name. Uh, it, it's like in the name of the card. So Correct. like the Warlock one is the Opera Soloist. OK, OK, OK. Because yep. I was like, I, I don't like I don't see it as a keyword. What's going on? OK, so the the Soloist one for each class has a, a battle cry and all. And oh, and a neutral um, has a battle cry where if you control no other minions. So all of the uh, soloists will have that text at the beginning of the battle cry so if it's your only minion then do a thing um so yeah that's that's another like mechanic ish keyword adjacent thing it's a, it's a thing it's a it's a yeah. thematic cycle so we'll see soloist and people like oh yeah it's a soloist um and it does a thing if you see the name soloist you know it's like a lone champion you have to have nothing in play and then it does a thing and again it's it's 
same idea as the um as the finale minions where like it checks when the battle cry happens you don't lose anything like nothing gets undone if you play other minions after it's like it's a battle cry effect happens at that point in time you can play other minions afterwards yes yep it's just like you have to like every other card in hearthstone you have to meet the condition when you play the card and then you can do what you want after (laughs) i know i just like i'm trying to check all the boxes of like comments i've seen on twitter <laughs> yes like explaining every single little possible nuance just in case uh so did did you want to did, did we want to talk about cards or Obviously. i mean like as soon as we get into cards we just have so much There's <laughs> is a there lot. anything else you want to talk about expansion wise before we get into cards uh so far the animations look insane uh, they, they really dialed up the fit and finish of this expansion. Like, I feel like they do this for the first set of the year, too. They did it for Voyage as well, where it's just, like, really pretty, really colorful, and they played up a lot of the music themes, um, as one would expect. Seems like they had a ball designing the set. Uh, I'm really curious to see more, but we should talk about cards, though. The first card, I'm not interested in talking about the card itself, but <laughs> uh, Concert Promo Drake. This is a card in Festival of Legends. It is an 8-mana 8-8 dragon with finale destroy an enemy minion and tradable. And the reason I want to talk about it is because tradable was a Stormwind mechanic that has only been printed in the mini sets after in that year, was not in any cards in Year of the Hydra, and now it is back on one card here in Festival of Legends that we've seen so far, which means this is now at least an evergreen or evergreen adjacent mechanic that they feel comfortable bringing back after seeing this come back, after seeing Reborn come back for Death Knight, which it makes a lot of sense as a Death Knight mechanic, feels like the team is really shifting their approach on keywords and mechanics from the past that maybe if something they did in the past 10 years was a good idea, we just do that again instead of trying to reinvent the wheel or isolate these things. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure at some point, uh, would have been a, a while ago now because I'm 99% sure it was one of the XR AMA comments. Um, but I'm fairly certain at some point he had mentioned that the team was basically open to any and all old keywords and bringing them back and making them evergreen, just kind of whatever makes sense with a set or with, you know, the game at large. And I think that we saw that with, like you mentioned, Reborn with Death Knights. That very much made sense with the expansion that it was in and going forward as an evergreen keyword because of Death Knights and what it is that they do. So that made a lot of sense. And then now bringing back Tradable. Tradable is a great mechanic. I'm I'm surprised they took a year off from printing it because it's one of those things where you can include tech cards without being completely punished if they are cards that you then don't need. Because that's what we saw most of our tradables being were were tech cards. They were, you know, meant to, you know, destroy weapons or give you spell power or, you know, like do a very specific job. And if you didn't need that job versus the opponent you had, they weren't just stuck in your hand like a dead draw. You could be like, oh, I don't need you. Get out of here. Give me my other thing. It's better for this matchup. So I think tradable is a great mechanic. I'm really excited to see it back again. And uh, I mean... I don't know if I'll ever be playing an, an eight mana eight eight, but I mean, I might if I mean, it does have destroy an enemy minion on it. Right. So it's a fairly powerful effect. Cost eight. Like 
I'm not playing yeah. this card. <laughs> We're not playing this card. I agree with you. I agree with you on tradable. And what I also love, the design space and tradable, the other thing that... I, like, I like the Rustbot Viper idea. Like, yeah, just throw a tech card in your deck because you can always trade it back. Though usually I think there is a more of a cost to that than people realize. The, the tradable cards that I really love are like Overdraft and Provoke, where they're really narrowly strong in specific gameplay moments. You get to do a really, really cool thing. And then in other gameplay moments, you are not in that circumstance. And instead of it sitting in your hand like a dead card taunting you that you can't do the cool thing, you just trade it back <laughs> and go get the cool thing. And so that means you get to play cards that are narrower, more powerful, and create cool gameplay moments without being punished for wanting to try them. Those are the the tradable cards that I love too. And it's a mechanic that does both. It lets you mitigate the bad scenarios and play into the good ones, which is really what you want in Hearthstone. And it's not without a cost. Like the one mana tradable in the deck spot inclusion you still pay something for it. It's not like it just makes these cards trivial to include. And I don't play a lot of restaurant vipers, but the people that want to can and feel better about it than running acidic swampus. And I am glad that that option is in the game and we'll see. I mean, these cards are rotating out. So we're, I, I wonder if we're going back to acidic swampus if you want to blow up weapons. I mean, we'll have to for now. <laughs> I mean, and I was going to say, assuming we want to blow up weapons, but we did mention earlier that each class is getting a weapon. Their their instruments in this expansion are going to be weapons, and uh, they're they're kind of interesting too. We'll talk about them when we talk about the classes, but uh, we might see some kind of powerful um, instruments, weapons, whatever. Um, that are available to these classes because they do get improved as you do a thing. So we might actually be looking for some sort of weapon destruction, but we shall see. Let's talk about Tony King of Piracy because people have thoughts and feelings about this card. So this is a five mana, four, six legendary pirate, a neutral legendary pirate with text that reads both players decks are swapped finale draw a card so if you play this on turn five and spend all five of your mana on tony the king of piracy you will swap your deck with your opponents and then draw one of their cards now (laughs) this is not a battle cry this is an aura which means if tony is destroyed killed whatever uh then the decks will swap back so it is not a permanent battle cry effect (laughs) That does not alleviate fears, though, I don't think, really. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, right? Like, it's uh, I, when people first read this card, it is this is perhaps the most confusing case of a card accurately saying what it does that I've seen because <laughs> it, we, we've never had an effect that feels so permanent be temporary. And you don't write out while this is in play because Aura's just, you know, South Sea Captain doesn't say while this is in play. Other pirates at plus one, plus one, just as pirates at plus one, plus one, then it goes away and they stop doing that. This mm-hmm. is the same, but it's not a board buff or a cost reduction thing or whatever. It's just it moves where the decks are, which is weird. But yes, but yeah, you can get your deck back. You just kill this thing. The so as just a card that you play, you don't ever just run this out there for five and say go. It doesn't really do anything. It, it it draws both players one card from the wrong deck and then it dies. Not really very good. 
unless you fill your deck with absolute garbage and your entire plan is to steal your opponent's good deck and make sure they have no removal and no way to deal with this 4-6 body. (laughs) Seems like a bad plan, but it's a plan. (laughs) Well, and so the combination here that people are worried about, turn seven, you play Tony and Fires of Zinajari. It's a two-minute warrior card. That replaces your deck with minions that cost 5 or more and sets their cost to 5. So that's turn 7. Assume that Tony dies or kill him yourself. Provoke, trade, whatever. And then after you trade back, you Steam Cleaner and you delete the whole deck. That is the combo that people are worried about. Now, on the one hand, it is spend 7 mana on 7 and then 5 mana on 8. Shields down, no board interaction. On the other hand, it's... Turn 7, steal your deck, and turn 8, delete it. It's pretty fast. Like, it's the Ticketus comparisons, except what if Ticketus hit every card in your opponent's deck as soon as it was corrupted? So, it won't be hard to beat this board by hitting them in the face the turn they do this. Unless Control Warrior has a lot of tools, they can survive the first 6 turns really easily, build up a bunch of armor, then do this, delete the deck, and then just attrition you out. I don't think that's likely because we're losing a lot of really good warrior control tools and we'd have to get a lot of really, 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 really good warrior control tools to make up for it. Maybe that's what's happening. Um, but I do see the concern if you're someone that likes playing a longer game, you're if you want to play Blood Decay, if you want to play Control Priest or whatever, and then this happens to you, you just don't get to do that. So I don't know if it'll be good, but I know that people will be mad at it. And it's definitely stronger than Ticketus was, at least in that context. Yeah, so we'll have to see. And I mean, like, we don't, we haven't seen any warrior cards yet. Or sorry, we've seen one warrior card. Um, But I think there's also, like, in terms of those control tools and what's rotating out, uh, we did get an announcement that we are going to see the core set this week. However, uh, it has not been revealed yet. So I think it will really depend on what, direction they see warrior going and when we were talking to Korra on episode 500 we did touch a little bit on warrior as a class and uh, if they do decide that they want to bring that kind of control warrior feel back to the class and I think um, core set changes is probably going to be really key to that class identity and so I mean I I think if you are maybe concerned about Tony King of Piracy or If you are a control warrior player in general who, you know, wants the class to go back in that direction, the core set announcement is what you really want to be paying attention to. And I think we're going to see that probably in the next day or so. So we're recording on Wednesday. I expect um, probably a Thursday announcement for the core set. Um, And yeah, I think that's where that's the place to look for control tools for warrior, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm. My hope here is that this combo is seen in theory crafting and from meme streamers uh, and not much else. I do think that there is a reasonable chance that at spots on ladder where people play more defensively and play more for value than to actually end the game, that this might be too popular and they have to just remove it because it shouldn't be a large part of a player's experience. I don't imagine it being, I don't imagine the idea of turn seven, steal your deck and turn eight, delete it without having any defensive things on those turns being effective at like high competitive ladder. But that's not the only reason to change a card. 
and mm-hmm. if this becomes a common part of the gameplay experience where it's like Turtle Mage, even if that's one out of every 20 games, that's probably too much. So we'll see if it has popularity because people are sure talking about it as though it's something they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, then they'll find something to change there. All right. We also uh, we already have this card in game, ETC Band Manager. Uh, so this is a four mana four four. This is the legendary of the set that came with the patch of the pre-order and everything else. This is the everybody gets him card. Uh, so this is, I think, basically like sideboarding in a card almost. <laughs> so uh, while you're building your deck, assemble a band of three cards. And then when you play ETC in the actual game, it has a battle cry that says discover one. So you're basically choosing three cards to not include in your deck. Like you can't draw them naturally. They're basically like stored within the ETC card. And then when you play ETC, it gives you the discover screen and you get to choose one of the cards that you've like locked in ahead of like queuing into the game so it's really really interesting yeah it's this is a venomous scorpid or zephyrus or pandaren or whatever you get to preload it when you're building your deck so when you're building your deck mm-hmm. you have to follow the rules that your deck would normally follow as though you're building a 33 card deck can't break dk runes can't play extra copies of whatever and then when you're playing the game anything that's that's in ETC's selection pool is not in your deck. So you can put a holy spell in your shadow deck and still trigger Benedictus, whatever. Um, it's cool. It's fun. It's interesting. It is not Renathal. This is not a format mm-hmm. warping card the way that Renathal was. Uh, I don't even know how impactful it is overall. Like, I don't even know if the card is, like, good, but I know it's fun. I saw some people, like, playing with it in the first couple of days on streams and stuff. But I haven't seen anybody be like, like you say, it's not game-breaking, meta-defining Renathal. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's just fun, right? And so it's, I think it's a, the perfect kind of card to print as a pre-release card. Uh, just because it gets people trying some stuff out. And it gives everyone something to do and experiment. And you can have endless debates about what the correct board should be. And that is exactly the kind of card that you want at this time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, it gets people talking. So uh, and yeah, like we said, um, this is a card that everybody gets. So log in Hearthstone, you get ETC. Congratulations. Uh, Next neutral legendary we're going to talk about is Posic Audio Engineer. Four mana, five, four neutral, uh, no minion type. Uh, though clearly a goblin working on a, a little little speaker bot. <laughs> so uh, battle cry, add two, three, three bots to your opponent's hand. Death rattle, summon them for yourself. Are we going to see this at all? <laughs> uh, so I think this card's actually pretty solid. It's, it's a weird implementation, right? It's four mana five four. It throws two, three, three bots in your opponent's hand. If they play the bots, when Posic dies, you don't yoink them to your side of the board. They just stay right where they are. But if they shuffle them back in their deck, then you pull them out of the deck. If they keep them in hand, you pull them out of hand. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So basically, you're hoping he dies before your opponent plays those cards because if they're still in hand or, you know, like basically not controlled on the board by your opponent then you get three threes, two three threes summoned in place of your five four. Yeah. 
But if they have played them, you don't get them. But then they've had to spend six mana on two, three, three mechs. Like, correct. If they play just one and then Posic dies, then maybe their bot trades with your bot. Like that could be it. There's there's interesting counterplay here, and the person playing against this has choices, not great choices, but they have choices. Um, mm-hmm. But if you just look at the text of the card and assume they ignore the bots in hand, that it's not burning any cards or whatever, then it's a 5-4 that makes two three threes. That is a good rate. We are happy about that. If they end <laughs> up playing both three threes, then it's a 4-mana 5-4 that your opponent had to spend time developing those bots, but also maybe that was good for them. Maybe they didn't have anything else to do. Maybe they were waiting. It's a pretty interesting card to try and figure out what the gameplay is going to look like. And I think that in hyper-aggressive decks, you really want this because they're not going to have time to play the bots, which means this is a a big high main, right? Like it's a big cheap high main. But you wouldn't want to play this in anything slower because they just play out the bots or whatever. They don't care. But I wonder if the drawback of your opponent getting the choice of doing what's best for them in the moment will be balanced out here. So it's an interesting card. I'm really curious about it. I have trouble figuring out exactly how it's going to impact things. But in my decks filled with one drops, I am going to play him and try him out. Mm hmm. Uh, one card that I'm pretty excited about, I think it sounds really cool, is uh, 3 mana 3-3 three, three, Photographer Fizzle. This is another neutral, neutral legendary with a battle cry that says, take a snapshot of your current hand and shuffle it into your deck. And so to be completely clear, it shuffles a snapshot spell. It does not shuffle your current hand into your deck. It's shuffling the snapshot and then when you play the spell from your hand you get copies of all of the cards that were in your hand when you took the picture (laughs) yeah which is such a cool idea (laughs) it is a cool idea and a very weird implementation but i'm happy about it like if you're playing a deck with highlander cards or whatever then this still works um and yeah snapshot is capitalized but just it's odd but i don't mind it um, I also, I confirmed with the devs, uh, it does work with Denathrius, so, because otherwise I was worried that vampires wouldn't show up in photographs, um, but it what? does, it does work. <laughs> tisk tisk. <laughs> it works, it works. So, like, if you're looking for long game value, this gives you some long game value, you get to curate it, you get to decide, you get to build your own dead man's hand, and it doesn't mess up your Highlander stuff. It reminds me of, like, shuffling an Elise pack, for those of you playing back in Angoro. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of cool. There's a lot of throwbacks and like things that make us remember expansions and mechanics from the past in this set, it seems like. Yes. A a like looking at old photos. <laughs> All right. Audio amplifier. I have to actually find this one. Where did it go? There it is. Okay. Audio amplifier. So this is a two mana, two, three mech. Uh, epic battle cry set your maximum mana and hand size to 11 yeah they're not reprinting wild hard guff don't worry it's (laughs) not they're not that's not happening but this is available for everybody this isn't just a druid thing this is this is an everybody thing it's a neutral so anyone can have 11 mana yeah and also they basically said brain is leaving so like it's it's gonna be fine gonna be okay as and keep in mind like this card is fun and cool and also like you can put your thumb over the text on this card unless you were you are playing a really long game deck if you're just playing this on uh, uh, if you're ending the game by turn 10 card does literally nothing 
Not a thing. Doesn't ramp you, doesn't draw a card. Just a fun 2-3 mech. If you're going later and you have a specific thing you want to do with 11 mana, sure, run one copy. But don't just throw this in a deck. Like, don't throw this in your Blood Decay deck. Don't do it. You don't need the extra mana. You need the cards in your hand to do something and not be a (laughs) 2-3. That's fair. Uh, There's also uh, another 2-mana 2-3 Audio Medic, which has Rush and Finale gain lifesteal. So if you play this on turn 2 then you will have a 2-3 rushing lifesteal minion. He was pretty good. That's a, that's a lot of keywords. It is. But do you know why I want to talk about this card? Do you recognize him? I was going to say, it looks to me like Lucio from Overwatch. It's Lucio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just, like, I think the card is actually solid. And it's also the best counter to Iron Deep Trog I've ever seen, even though they're rotating Iron Deep Trog. Um, and I don't know how often the lifesteal will come up. It's just fine as a two mana two three rush most of the time, but it has lifesteal early game. You can't really do better if you're trying to mitigate early pressure. Um, but it's Lucio. It's fun. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess you've already said it's fun, so I'm guessing that that's how you feel about it. But I mean, this is, um, crossover adjacent. (laughs) This is like... The first, I mean, it's definitely done in, uh, like, Hearthstone's art style. It's uh, more so, I think, if you have played Overwatch, you would probably go, hey, wait a minute. Like, it's not overtly, like... Oh, yeah, it's tasteful. Ripped straight from... Yeah, it's it's tasteful. It's tasteful. Uh, And it's obviously, it's not called Lucio. It's called Audio Medic, which I'm pretty sure is one of his voice lines when you play him. Um... But, like, how do you feel about this? Like, because we've heard of them talking about potentially doing crossovers with other properties. And that was in, um, I think there was, like, a a survey that went out to people and everything else. Like, the idea of Hearthstone doing crossovers is not new. Does this, is this count as a crossover? Is this enough? Do we like it? Do we not like it? Like, what is happening? (laughs) Uh, This is not a crossover. This is a, this is a reference. References are cool. Okay. Right? It's, if there was a Diamond Lucio Hero Portrait Bundle, I would not be thrilled because I don't, okay, I don't need, so that's I don't need that moment. <laughs> listen, I understand, like, you can make a cheeky allusion to another game here and there. I, like, even the idea of Diablo and duels was, was cool. Like, I enjoyed it here and there. Battlegrounds was a tuning issue. I'm not going to talk about that, but, it's like, yeah, we'll the idea of a, alone. <laughs> a character making an appearance whatever is fine and this is very very tasteful just like hey wait a minute i know that guy i love i know that guy but if it was i have to look at my opponent's animated lucio portrait all the time that would be a little much and feel a little different than what i'm looking for but i you know there might be a way to do it this fits do you feel offended by this I mean, no, I think it's fine. I just, uh, I, I find it, um, it's interesting. I th- And you're right. They do nods to all kinds of properties, not just their own like Easter eggs and everything else. Like, obviously we, we talked about that off the top about all the references that are going to be in here that I'm going to miss. At least Lucio is a reference I get. <laughs> so may not have played Overwatch in like six years or more, but at least it's a reference I understand. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I think it's fine. I think that this way is the best way to do it. I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't want like a Starcraft expansion or something. They would never do that. 
Uh, I don't want them to go totally outside their wheelhouse. I still want them to put their Hearthstone like style and spin on it, which I think that they've done here. So yeah, audio medic. Keep it in mind. Yeah. And like even like the Diablo characters having units and mercenaries. Sure. Like, I don't think that it was more of a financial outlier than anything in Mercs was. Uh, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's just like, I get to have Tyrael in my party. Okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I would not be interested in an Overwatch expansion. That feels like uh, a little much, but it's I don't think we're it. in danger. But we're not, I don't think we're in danger of that. Like, a, yeah. a one-card reference here that doesn't even use the name, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to talk about Freebird, which is a four mana two two beast with charge <gasps> that has a uh, yeah <gasps> shock no charge why? <laughs> uh, it also has a battle cry that says gain plus one plus one for each other Freebird you've played this game. So this is a neutral epic, so you can have two in your deck. And this gives me like boar vibes. <laughs> like there's going to be some deck that figures out a way to have like a whole ton of these things. And eventually you're going to get one shot. <laughs> yeah, Eventually. It's, it's so much work. This is so much yeah, work. Yeah, you're going to have to jump through all the hoops. <laughs> and so the thing about charge that I've realized over the years, when they took it out and gave us other ways to lethal people and then brought it back here and there, is first of all, maybe the Juggernaut shouldn't have been able to generate Mr. Smite, but second of all, <laughs> charge is, when you make charge the way you kill people, you're actually making taunts and healing better, because charge is stopped by taunts and healing, as opposed to massive one-hit combos, which are not stopped by either of those things. So, Shock Spitter would be a worse deck if taunt stopped it. And Freebird is a really, really slow, neutral shock spitter that people will absolutely try and dream big with. Love that. Give people dreams. Let them dream. And Freebird <laughs> is all about making dreams. And it's important to note, they had to make this card a little overcosted because there's no way to balance it. Because this bird, you cannot change. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'll be that here all week. That reference I get. I thought you might. <laughs> Oh, that didn't make it good, though. <laughs> it made it great. Oh, man. Yeah. Listen, oh, at gross. least I didn't string that out for nine I minutes. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It could have it could have been so, so, so much worse. Oh, man. I'm I'm excited to see what people do with this because there's going to be some very smart deck builder that's going to come up with some super crazy way to make this work. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a good hunter card. People are talking about it in Rogue. It's not, that's not, it costs four. Not interested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously because it does have the beast tag, that's my first go-to as well, right? Is like, it's a beast. How can I make my hunter do this thing? And uh, yeah, hopefully someone will tell me how I can make my hunter do this thing because free bird is the kind of thing I want to play around with. I don't want to have fun in Hearthstone. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to always play the best of the best thing. I want to play the thing that is fun and different. I hope we can make that happen for you. And you know what else looks fun and different? Have you seen Party Animal? I have. It's a two mana, two, three beast with a battle cry. Give a plus one, plus one to a minion of each type in your hand. So, Pat, you mentioned earlier there's a, quite a lot of hand buffing going on from what the things that we've seen so far. 
And uh, yeah, this is a this is a really cool kind of implementation, not just like buff across the board. It is neutral, so anybody can do it. Um, but yeah, I think looking at the different types of minions and stuff, it means you don't necessarily have to be too picky and go like down one specific route. It's like you can have a variety of stuff and this kind of just synergizes with everything. I think this is a really cool design. And from what we've seen in the neutral so far, there is a Murloc, at least one. I'm going to name I'm name types as I scroll down the list and see them. See Murloc. I see Beast. I see Elemental Mechs, obviously. There is a neutral Totem. There is a neutral Quillbore. Uh, there are neutral Undeads, Pirates, Dragons. <laughs> neutral All. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Amalgam of the Deep still in standard, though it will only count for one type when you play it. It doesn't count for all types, doesn't get buffed by everything. Um, it fills in any one type that you don't have. And then we look at the legendary, the one Amalgam Band, 7 mana 6-6 six, six, neutral legendary. Battlecry gain a random bonus effect for each minion type you've played this game. I have the list uh, here. Charge is not on the list, do not worry. Uh, it's basically <laughs> the adapt keywords... So what's that? Rush, Taunt, Divine Shield, Poison. Yep, Stealth, Lifesteal, Reborn, and Wind Fury. Uh, oh, and there is a Naga in this set too. Yeah, so they, they have all the current tribes represented in the neutrals. And then I am certain that the different... Uh, I didn't see actually any neutral demons, but Warlock has demons. Yeah, Demon is the only one I don't think is in the neutral list. Uh, for this expansion, we might have neutral demons. But yeah, I don't see any right there now. There isn't one in this set, though. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, but there's still, like, there's a lot of representation of different tribes. There's a lot of representation of hand buff. Party animal's right in the middle. I imagine we'll see a lot of him. I do find it interesting that we have a neutral totem. Like, that would be another one. Like, because I'm sitting I'm like, why would we have, ne like, neutral demons? That is a, such a warlock-specific mechanic. Uh, or I guess warlock and, and um, demon hunter. But uh, yeah, I would have said totems are, are shaman specific too, but here they are. They're like, nope, we're going to make a stereo out of it. You can have a totem. It's, it's a speaker. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's I, neutral totem tells me there's probably going to be some kind of totem something. That's pretty. It's unusual for them to make neutral totems. It happens very rarely. Mm. And when they do, it's usually because they want something to do with them. And I believe Gigant Totem is staying in standard. So I would not be surprised if there's something going on with totems. But we haven't seen it yet in Shaman. Yeah, no, we haven't seen it. But um, yeah, let's let's. So that's basically all the neutrals we wanted to touch on. Obviously, there are a lot more cards that have been released that we aren't going to go through card by card. Uh, but let's take a look at the classes of what we've seen so far. So let's start with Death Knight. Um, so we've already talked about their uh, harmonic spell, but they also got a legendary spell revealed. So this is the oh, my God, I'm going to. OK. Climactic Necrotic Explosion. <laughs> Very good. And this is a really, really cool card because it is a 10-mana Death Knight card, but it is a rainbow Death Knight card, which means it has three runes, one of each. So one Blood Rune, one Frost Rune, one Unholy Rune, which means it goes in the deck that 
they basically said when Death Knights came out was not a deck they wanted people to try to build. <laughs> and so the all of the cards that are going to be able to go in your deck will only be able to have maximum one rune of of a specific type. So all the one rune blood cards, frost cards and unholy cards, you can't have any twos and threes. Um, otherwise, this spell can't go in there. So what's so crazy about this spell? So it is a 10 mana spell with lifesteal that says deal five damage, summon two one one souls randomly improved by corpses you've spent. What that means is all the numbers on the card. So the five damage, the number of souls summoned and the stats on the souls uh, stats are separate. So health is one value and attack is another value. One of those four numbers will go up by one every time you spend a corpse. So it could go up to six damage. It could go up to three souls. It could go, you know, make them one sevens or seven ones, you know, like basically those stats are going to be randomly applied to one of those four numbers every time you spend a corpse. So I don't know how good this card is. I know it's sweet. I don't know how good it is. You have to spend a lot of corpses, and the best corpse spender I can think of is Marogar, and that is not playable in this deck. Um, so, like, I guess we're doing corpse bride stuff. We'll see. We only have the four DK cards so far, and the three cards that aren't CNE, which is what I'm calling this forever, um, are <laughs> single rune blood cards. So I'm guessing mm -hmm. that if you're pushing Rainbow, you print a lot of single rune cards, which also, it makes the individual archetype stronger, and it encourages cross-pollination between runes, while also pushing Rainbow. So I imagine that we'll see, I could easily see three single blood, three single frost, three single unholy. That could be something they do. Um, or they could print another couple mixed rune cards if they wanted to. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if this is... This is going to end a lot of games. It's probably just a big lifesteal nuke and a, and a bunch of bodies. That's not enough to win games of Hearthstone these days. Um, and not being able to discover other copies kind of makes it a lot worse because this is the sort of thing you'd expect Nerubian Vizier would really love to see, but you're never going to see it in Nerubian Vizier. Yeah, so that was something that was clarified on Twitter is basically you cannot... Uh, discover this like this goes in your deck but it's not in any of those pools of discovery for death knights so you're not going to randomly generate this spell so you're only going to see this in those rainbow death knight decks and i think you're right hat i think we're going to see single rune death knight cards in this expansion um i i don't necessarily a hundred percent agree that we're that you know like we're not going to that this won't see play or that, you know, this isn't how you win Hearthstone games because we are going into a four set meta. We are having a big rotation. So if this card was ever going to work, this is the time it would work. So yes. I think that we might see people playing around with this because there were people, like I said, that were trying to make Rainbow work when the devs literally said, we don't really think Rainbow is very good. <laughs> like, I got lucky with it. it. Is, it's like not it's, strong. It's, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> so now they have a finisher tool, um, which they didn't have previously. So I think people are going to try this. And uh, it seems like if you can get enough uh, one rune unholy cards, because unholy seem to be the corpse generator and spender more so than the other two archetypes. So if you can really take advantage of the unholy corpsing, then you're going to have a good time with this card, I think. Yeah, and 
I would bet Death Knight more than any other class. We have to see what the other cards in this set are. We probably know Death Knight Core. It's probably the same as it was three months ago because that's when they made it. So Death Knight Core <laughs> is the one place where I think that we can say we know what's going on here. So the other six cards in this set are going to be so, so important for Rainbow DK because, like you said, they avoided designing for it in March of the Lich King. So mm-hmm. if we get a good single rune corpse bender here, that's going to make a huge difference, especially if there's some way to accelerate when this comes out. I don't know if that's a thing that they would ever do, but if there is a way for them to do it, they would make this card a lot better. On turn 10, the souls don't have taunt, they don't have rush. So you're really depending on that lifesteal damage to make you not be dead. And if it's just a big burn spell to kill your opponent, you don't care about the body. So to make you care about all the words in this card, it either has to come down sooner or something else has to has to help you get there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, because like you're right, if you want to point this at your opponent's face and have them explode, then you don't want the two, the one and the one soaking up your corpse improvements <laughs> yeah. right like you want all of those to go like denathrius right you want it all to go to all the improvements to go to one place so and i think but. this is pretty close to a fixed denathrius for death knight this is on par like the lifesteal deal damage and improved by things that die i think this is what a denathrius that's healthy to exist in death knight looks like but i don't know if healthy also means bad because I don't know if Denathrius was only played because <laughs> he was less healthy. Usually it does. <laughs> yeah. Or something that I don't know. In I don't general. Know. I don't know. But Demon Hunter, on the other hand, I think is much more thematically consistent. I know what this class is doing. Do you know what this class is doing? Attacking. We're attacking. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's, 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 come on. You can attack. From, you were playing Questroid. That's attacking too. It was just brown instead of green. Yeah. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> so... There are two key components. I'll start with the legendary, the legendary spell, going down swinging. First of all, Demon Hunter is the emo class, and them getting (laughs) going down swinging as their legendary spell, 10 out of 10, perfect, fantastic. I'm going to go listen to Fallout Boy right after this. I would include it in the show, but we'd get sued, so I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Five mana legendary spell. Give your hero plus two attack and immune this turn, then attack each enemy minion. Awesome, rad, cool. So each swing will use up a weapon charge. Your weapon doesn't gain immune. So if you have a weapon, it just it uses the durability with each swing. And otherwise, this is original, not blade dance, blade flurry, the rogue card. Except it has the deadly poison built in and it doesn't go face. Um, the combo that I really want to do is with Instrument Smasher, the new 4-mana epic. 4-mana 3-6, whenever your weapon is destroyed, equip a random Demon Hunter weapon. So you're just picking up guitars and smashing them on minions' faces, (laughs) and you play Smasher into Swinging, and you're just like, Smash, here's a new one, Smash, here's a new one, Smash, here's a new one. It's just, it's it's a a smash, an orchestra of smash. It It is a smash melee. Oh, hat. <laughs> I mean, that does sound really fun. And I know that it is my inherent dislike of Demon Hunter that is holding me back from getting very, very excited about that. <laughs> but it's like, you just get to like bop and bop and bop and just, just so many weapons, so much bopping. <laughs> right. It's like a Hanson song. 
Oh, man. No, 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 no. It's going to be stuck in my head. Oh, mm. hey, you're the worst. <laughs> oh, man. What a great song. <sighs> we have a couple other also attack-focused cards here, like Eye of Shadow, 2 minutes, 2, 3, that just says your hero has lifesteal. So that means going down swinging is going to heal you a lot if it sticks around. But these are aura effects, too. The cards have to stay mm. in play. They aren't battle cries. They aren't persistent. So... The idea that your 2-mana 2-3 and 4-mana 3-6 are going to live for you to play your 5-mana spell when they have a bunch of minions, really unrealistic, but it's a big dream. Love dreams. Love chasing that. And then we do also have a new weapon, Glaivetar, which I think is a really good card and gives us a sign of more outcast energy to come. 4-mana 4-2, death rattle draw card, play outcast cards while this is equipped to improve this, so how many cards you draw. So if you play it in attack, and the next turn you play one outcast card in attack, you draw two cards. That's good. I like that. And a lot of the bad outcast cards, and by a lot of them, I mean specifically Vengeful Spirit, that stupid 4-mana 4-4, are rotating. And that means you could theoretically have some kind of outcast synergy here with low-cost outcast cards, draw a bunch of cards, and this becomes a magnifying glaive that's just a lot less awkward, which I'm really interested in. Yeah, I I really like these uh, the weapons that they've created. Um, I like the idea of doing the thing that your class is supposed to do in order to make the weapon better. Um, and I'm pretty sure the weapons are all death rattles, right? Or at least the ones that we've seen so far. So it does. Oh no, wait, sorry, the priest one isn't because of course priest just yes. has to be fancy. Priest is doing a different thing, but yeah, yeah. all the <laughs> most of the instruments that we've seen so far. In fact, all of them except priest are death rattles yeah so it's like when the weapon dies do the thing while the weapon is hanging around get better by doing your basically by doing your class's identity so like on demon hunter we've got outcast um not priest because you're dumb on rogue we've got combo on um shaman we've got overload so basically whatever your class keyword is do that thing and your weapon's gonna get better it's gonna get improved so i like that it kind of like it doesn't force you necessarily into a specific like archetype or deck or whatever it's just basically saying hey a lot of your class cards already have this keyword on it so how about you just get a bonus for that so uh, it feels like, again, rewarding something uh, like I talked about with Finale, rewarding something you already want to do anyway. Um, so I like the design of the of the weapons. Yep. And it's worth noting there is a Leo tweet on this, as there are for many things. Um, the priest, warlock, and mage weapons are zero attack, and they have different conditions for triggering because they're the spell casting classes. And so they, they trigger when they cast spells, not when they attack, because it feels weird for those classes to attack. Which does make sense. That was yeah. often odd <laughs> whenever you get, uh, you know, mages whacking you in the face with something. <laughs> yeah. So we know specifically those three. But yeah, it's the instruments, I think, are, again, another cycle that just makes a lot of sense. They're really playing up each class kind of doing its own version of, of the thing. So you see thematic consistency across classes and what tools they're getting, and then thematic consistency within classes for what this class wants to do. Uh, so let's talk about Druid. So let's look at the weapon first, um, because we've just kind of come off of a conversation about weapons. So they got a four mana, two, three, uh, Timber Tambourine, with a death rattle that reads, Summon one, five, five, Ancient. Play cards that cost five or more, well equipped to improve. So if you have this equipped on turn four and then you play a five mana, say, Summer Flower Child, which is a five mana four five 
with a battle cry that reads, draw two cards that cost six or more. And if it's a finale, they cost one less, which means they're still going to cost five. So they will improve your weapon. Um, then you will be, okay, so will you be, you'll be summoning two five, five ancients then, right? The stats on the ancient doesn't change. The thing that you're improving is the number of summons. Correct. Yep. And this is, we've seen, uh, we've seen Druid do care about big stuff, big spells before, uh, in various different ways. And they're playing into this with Summer Flower Child, the five mana, four, five, Battle cry, draw two cards that cost six or more. Finale, they cost one less. Kind of a weird finale effect because it means you're going to be floating a mana the next turn. I assume there's some reason for that. Um, well, it's it's draw two cards that cost six or more, not that cost six, right? So there right, is a yeah. chance you could draw, like, say, Drum Circle, which is a seven mana druid spell new in this expansion. Choose one, summon five, two, two treants, or give your minions uh, plus two, plus four, and taunt. So, I mean, like, then if you drew Drum Circle, that would cost six and you could play it on your next turn and it would go with the weapon. So, like, you're not necessarily like, I mean, just don't put any six cost cards in. Just put your, you know, sevens and eights and whatever, and then you're you're going to curve out fine. Right. OK, I see that. Yeah, I'm glad that Scale of Anixia is rotating for a whole lot of reasons, but add this to the list. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you could Wild Growth on three into flower child on four into a big thing on five. Um, but yeah, with timber tambourine also you can, it's a two, three weapon. So you can attack with it the turn you have it and still have two attacks and a couple opportunities to upgrade it, or you can hold it and just make a big old board of five fives. Um, it's and druid is clearly moving towards some kind of tokeny tree and sort of thing. Uh, and it's been a minute. It's been a little bit. We've had various swarmy druids, uh, we had the nature mm-hmm. aggro druid, undead druid never really took off. I'm hoping that it picks up a little bit with, you know, I want to play elder nadox and wither and all that, but it never really worked. Um, but then we had what, uh, razor main battle guard taunt druid. It's been a while since we've done tree ants. It's been a little bit. Let's do that again. Yeah, I'm a fan. I think, uh, like I, I like board buffing tokeny type druid. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're kind of going down that road. I also like druids doing big things. And I feel like we haven't really like the druids that wanted to do big things were doing scale of Anixia things. And that made me sad. And then the, the other kind of aggro-y token-y stuff, like I want a happy medium. I want like a mid-range druid (laughs) that's kind of like doing medium to large tokens and you know like doing some board control and some minion battles and stuff like that like the not an overwhelming early game flood but not you know scale crap (laughs) yeah yeah it's i i want to play things that cost like five or six and not just ramp into nourish or guff into sevens and eights I want to. I want those middle turns to like be a thing. I miss Arbor up so much. I miss Arbor. Yeah, up. it seems like the these cards seem um, powerful enough and interesting enough that we might actually see some variety in that mid game. Because you're right, it has been either like aggroy flood stuff or just like don't do anything <laughs> for those or like just ramp for those middle turns you're not like impacting the board you're not interacting with your opponent you're just sitting there making your mana, mana crystals go up and 
Yeah. So it seems like we're actually going to be doing things in those middle turns with Druid. And I'm excited for that because these cards look like they could actually be interesting in C play. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of interesting when they see play, uh, Mage, we've only seen one card for Mage. It is DJ Manastorm. It's oomph, their legendary oomph, oomph, oomph. their legendary performer. Uh, 10 mana, 8-8. Eight, eight, with a battle cry that reads, I have a very big animation. <laughs> That's not what the battle cry actually says. It says, uh, set the cost of spells in your hand to zero. After you cast one, the others cost one more. So it'll be like zero, one, two, three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for however many spells that you have in your hand. So you can't ca- you can't cast your entire hand for nothing, um, but you will at least be able to get very similar to, oh my God, what was that one? The first spell you cast this turn is free. Was that Caligos? It was Caligos. Yes, it is okay, similar yeah. to Caligos. Yeah, so similar to that. So you'll be able to get one spell off in the same turn with DJ Mana Storm because all the spells in your hand will be zero. And then after that, they're going to go up to one. And, but like, so basically your next turn after you play him, because it is a battle cry, not an aura. So this is something that's just going to keep happening until all the spells that were in your hand are gone. Um, so you'll be able to cast a whole bunch of stuff the turn after you play uh, DJ Manastorm. And uh, as I mentioned, the, the animation on this guy is absolutely wild. I think it's a little bit too much, but it's really cool the first time, but I feel like I feel like it's going to get really annoying. <laughs> How many times do you think you're going to get to turn 10 and see this happen? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> so I, the, the evocative theming here, okay? When you play him, it's zero. So you wait. And then next turn you drop the beat with a one, two, three, four. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so <laughs> good. I didn't do that. They put that in the game. They made me say that. <laughs> the next turn is one, two, three, four. It's, oh, it's so, so awesome. I, I love the theming of it. We don't have a lot of big spells sticking around. Amulet's rotating. Rune is rotating. So it's going to be... Arcane Defender is the current big one. But if you have some way to play this with Solid Alibi or Blizzard or whatever, Blizzard sticks around, and then you have four good spells, that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely a cool design. I love this card in terms of like what it does. Like I think this is really neat. I mean, it is, again, it is a 10-mana card, so how often we see it is going to depend. We'll have to see if there's ways to make it cheaper, if there's ways to cheat it out. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But I don't know if it's going to be good, cool. but it's going to be fun. I'm excited to try it out. I hope they give us some big spells, but we've only seen one mage card. There has to be some. Yeah, we have nothing. Yeah. Well, that we know they're getting at least one, right? Because, yeah, we, we're getting their, like, signature song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? The, As spell, the, the legendary spell. spell. Yeah. So we'll have to see if that's a big one or a little one. Uh, the paladin one's pretty little. It's three mana. It's called Starlight Groove. It's uh, give your hero divine shield and then for the rest of the game playing a holy spell refreshes it this is so cool yeah it's it reads better than it is it's still good you play this in the holy deck but it's one noble sack a turn like let's not go crazy here this isn't going to make paladins unkillable this is not timeout this is not ice block whatever but I love the heroes having divine cool. shield. It's cool. You should play this in your holy deck. 
It is a good card to run in your holy deck. It's probably not going to save you that often, but sometimes it will. And those games, it'll be great. And even when it doesn't save you, it still mitigates a bunch of damage. You should play it if your deck does holy things. Well, that's the thing, right? So playing a holy spell refreshes it. So you could refresh it multiple times in a turn, and that means you could smack your face into a big attack minion, and it doesn't matter. So it's not that it only activates like on your opponent's turn or something like that. This is a a divine shield that you can control. So I think that, uh, like you say, in a holy deck, in in a holy paladin deck, this is, I think, an auto include because I think it's a pretty powerful effect because you get to decide when to turn it back on right so yeah i like it i mean theoretically it's not deciding so much as you're just doing something with this every turn you're refreshing it because what your deck already wants to do makes this happen it's yeah if you have to actively think about when to do this because your deck doesn't have a lot of ways to refresh it take it out of your deck it's if you're not routinely refreshing it because of what your deck is already doing, it shouldn't be there. But if this is just happening as a matter of course, it's great. It's cool. Uh, we have also seen the Paladin Legendary Minion. It is Kangor, the Dancing King. It's a 5-mana 3-3 three, three with Lifesteal and a Death Rattle that says swap this with a minion from your hand and give it Lifesteal. So when it says swap, this is, I think, the first card text that we've talked about tonight that I really don't necessarily understand. Hangor just dies, right? Like it's nope. a death rattle. No. Okay, so it does go back into your hand. It's he he's the hokey pokey. Puts the foot okay. in, puts the foot out. So this card, when I first read it, I'm like, the stats kind of sucks, right? Because it's a five minute three three with lifesteal, no divine shield. No taunt, no rush, but when he dies, he he plops a minion in your hand into play, and he goes back to your hand, and you can do it again. And the minion that comes out has lifesteal, so whatever yes. that happens to be gains lifesteal as well. Like if it's something with rush, like a Templar captain, or is that rotating? That's rotating. But if it's something with rush, if it's something with taunt, and you get to do it again. So if you play this on turn five, they attack past it. You trade with it on six. You plop something in play. You replay him. He continues to dance his way in and out of your hand. He only dies if you have no minion to swap him with. That's pretty wild. It's cool. It's slow. And all of Paladin's cards that we've seen so far are on the slower side. Lead Dancer, six mana, four, two. Death Rattle, summon a minion from your deck with less attack than this minion. Kind of a weird recruit card. And again, no taunt. No rush, just a six mana four two, even cowardlier than cowardly grunt, but a <laughs> more targeted recruit if you want it to be. And then the main reason I think to at least start to think about all this is a Noyo troop. Nine mana three six mech, taunt, divine shield, death rattle summon three Anoyotrons. Three one two mechs with taunt and divine shield. This is the the most annoying mountain bear ever, but it costs nine. It's not quite a Mountain Bear, not quite a Void Lord. And even if you're playing Lead Dancer and then getting this in play on turn seven, it's not like game ending. It's still powerful. Kangor is where if you Kangor an Anoyo troop into play, and this is a nine minute three six taunt divine shield lifesteal that spits out three Anoyos, that's just a brick wall for any aggressive deck. Good luck playing <laughs> your unholy DK. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like Anoyo troop is 
it's a it's an interesting card and it's in line with stuff we've seen in the past for sure, like Void Lord, right? But if you can get away with not paying it and giving it another not paying for it and giving it another keyword <laughs> at the same time and getting it out on turn, you know, six, then all of those things make that really, really good. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's really interesting the the way that Kangor works because like, yeah, in my mind, it's it's dead. It's gone, right? So there's nothing to swap back, but that's that's cool. That's interesting. I like it. There's going to be a really cool like minion-based paladin deck that's going to have a lot of fun with uh, dancing with Kangor. Yeah, I'm curious about it. And it's also worth noting the neutrals have a lot of mechs in them. I wonder if Mech Paladin is something that we'll see again, because a lot of those cards were in Voyage. Might not even run any of these. Might run Anoya Troop, but that costs nine. Mech Paladin's pretty fast. Uh, but it, with just the neutrals, I think there's a decent chance that we see Mech Paladin again, because I know people love facing Bubble Bots. <laughs> uh, it is probably worth mentioning Kangor is not a Mech. It uh, does not have a minion type, so... yeah. Correct. Yeah, only Anoya Troop has a mech out of all these. Lead Dancer is also not a mech. They're a dancer. Uh, if they do the robot, do they count as a mech? Oh, God. <laughs> that I know that there would be no way to implement it, but it would be really funny if just like on random turns, sometimes it got the mech tag. <laughs> it was I'm going to shoot the... them a message real quick. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> all right, let's talk about priests. So uh, we have seen six priest cards, as we mentioned um, off the top of the discussion about the new expansion. Priest is getting an overhaul, which includes the new keyword overheal which triggers a special effect when um, minions are healed above their maximum health. Uh, so we're seeing uh, we've got a new priest location, which is cool. Um, so again, um, we were told when locations came out in Nathria that they were going to be something we were going to see going forward. So uh, priest is getting a new location called Fan Club. It's a one mana, two durability location that restores three health to all friendly characters. Um, they are also getting a couple of minions that, well, I guess all their minions have, uh, that we've seen so far have overheal text. Um, so they've got a two drop, a two mana, one, two Naga with a battle cry, restore three health to all other friendly minions. So same effect as the location and then gain plus one, plus one for each one overhealed. Uh, we also got a uh, heartthrob, which is a three mana two five undead with the text that reads overheal. Summon a random minion with cost equal to the amount overhealed. I love this card. I think that's such a cool implementation of overheal. Um, and then we've also seen their uh, legendary minion, which is heartbreaker Hedanus. Four sure. mana four eight. <laughs> yeah, to right four mana four eight battle cry deal four damage to this minion overheal deal five damage to a random enemy you do not have to overheal at any specific amount you if you overheal by one or ten it doesn't matter uh it triggers the uh five damage to a random enemy so uh can go face which is good you like going face uh and I do. overheals are also not one time right it's a trigger whenever you heal a minion for more damage than they have on them. Right. So if if this 4-8 is at full health and I 
use my location and I uh, play a dream boat that restores three health to all other friendly minions and then I play uh, my hero power, I use my hero power, then that would be 15 damage. Like five, three pings of five. Um, Yes. Yep. Every time you overheal a target. So there is... I'm really curious to see what core cards we get here um, because I could easily see Northshire Cleric being rotated for new card Southshire Cleric whenever you overheal a minion, draw a card. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it would be a global effect printing fan club, but maybe it is. Like, that seems to be the natural evolution here. This is a proactive priest minion deck that doesn't rely on buff spells. It relies on the core mechanic of priest, which is healing, and weaponizes it in a proactive way. I am very excited to try this. I have been a minion priest fan for a long time, but I've never been a fan of the slow reactive priest strategies and combo priest in the past, but also all the different shadow priest implementations and naga priest have all been really, really fun decks. This looks like they're trying to figure out how can we make that experience a core part of the priest class. And if there are appropriate minions and core that support this, I am playing this deck on day one. I am very excited to try it out just because you have stats, you have damage, and you have Heartthrob is so cool of just like, it's almost like an evolve effect, but in a very priesty way. Yeah, it's really interesting because like I, I had mentioned with Heartbreaker that the amount you overheal doesn't matter that just, you know, overhealing and hitting that trigger is what makes the thing happen. Whereas with heartthrob that you actually care about how much you overheal. So if you overheal by one, you get a one cost minion. If you overheal by five, you get a five cost minion. So I think, um, this is a really interesting card and I'm sure there's going to be like very specific overhealing amounts that you're going to want to do to this card. Um, and I'm excited to see people play with it because, uh, I really like this design. I think it's so cool. Like this heartthrob card is the one I'm most excited about. I think out of everything in this set so far, like this to me, I look at and I'm like, this is going to be really fun and it's a priest card. And I don't remember the last time I had that kind of reaction to a priest card. Yeah. Like just imagine on turn four, you play heartthrob and flash heal it, right? Two cards, that's a proactive flash heal, and you get a 2-5 and a 5-drop. That's fun. That is a fun thing and a different way than we've played Priest in the past, but it still feels very Priesty. Or you end up with Fan Club, Idol's Adoration. So you have the location, you have the weapon. You're just going to be healing all the time, and it's something you'll want to do with minions that aren't damaged. I just love that it's actually something that we care about now. It's an idea of you can play aggressive minions and priests and you're not punished by your hero power or your class's mechanics. It's not up to your opponent anymore how your deck works. Yeah, it's like breaking out of the constraints that we had priest in for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think Shadow Priest is the most successful experiment they've had of proactive priest strategies and it shows there's hunger for those strategies. Um, especially with the Undead Priest, which is more popular than I think the original Shadow Priest was. Um, And I'm really glad they're pushing the envelope here. All right, it's Rogue O'Clock! Are you ready? Are you ready for Rogue time? It's Rogue time. (laughs) It's Rogue time! So Rogue, the hip-hop expansion, and uh, they are bouncing around. That's kind of what they're doing. Um, So 
We've got the weapon, which is Record Scratcher, which is three mana, two, two death rattle, refresh, and mana crystal. Play combo cards while equipped to improve. Now, there aren't that many combo cards in standard. Ah, but that's where you're wrong because they printed a, a little combo package here in Rogue. Two mana, four, one disc jockey. It's a mech and a beast. Uh, and it's it's like a little robot. Oct- is, is that Octobot? I think that's it lo- Octobot. It's Octobot, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. And instead of a one, four, it's a two mana, four, one combo. Add a random combo card to your hand. We've got Beatboxer, which is a mech and also a literal boxer, but he's holding a microphone in his boxing glove, which that just tickles <laughs> me. Um, three mana, four, three combo, deal four damage randomly split among all enemies as a combo. And then we've got Rhyme Spinner. This is, Rhyme Spinner is going to be the card that defines the rogue strategies here. Three mana, one, three, rush, combo, gain, plus one, plus one for each other combo card you've played this game. Now... In addition to these combo cards, there are two other spells. Breakdance, one mana shadow spell, return a friendly minion to your hand, summon a dancer with its stats and rush, and bounce around featuring Garona. A three mana legendary spell, return all friendly minions to your hand, they cost one this turn. It is important to note, the rogue legendary spell, much like the DK one, cannot be discovered. Because of gross generation combos, in particular, off of Nagaling, it would be infinite. So they, you can't, no, they removed that. You can't discover it at all, can't randomly generate it at all. You get one and you're done. Uh, unclear if this applies to the other legendary spells, but we know it applies to the Rogue one and the DK one. Um, I wish that these things were a little bit more consistent to understand what's going to happen when I play my cards and if I could look for something if I want to. But it is also for the best that this is not in pools because gnarly stuff would happen. Um, so I'm going to talk about these for a while, but Joss, as a resident rogue intimidation victim, I want you to <laughs> tell me your first thoughts on what you see here. I want to hear your perspective as someone that doesn't play a lot of rogue, what you think is going to happen to you when you face a rogue. I feel like I'm going to get beatboxered about 18 times in a turn and die. Is it's that possible. accurate? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I haven't played with the cards. I, I feel like that's just going to happen to me all of the time, <laughs> especially yeah. when the the weapon is going to give them more mana back. The legendary spell is going to give them a chance to replay everything that they've already played. So get combos again, get battle cries again, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you've got breakdancing, which allows you to, again, get something back in your hand and then replay it. It doesn't have a mana reduction on it, which is nice. I know we don't know core yet, but what are the chances that we are not going to be shadow stepping? Because if you could still shadow step, then again, I'm going to get beatboxered to death. <laughs> so do we think shadow step is going to stay in core or do we think that it's going to be gone for a while because we have breakdance to to kind of um, replace it, air quotes? So this is the question, and I wanted to know your perspective on it because I have my own, I, you know, as a rogue enthusiast. Um <laughs> Breakdance and Bounce Around look like Shadow Step replacements, but they super aren't. Because Breakdance costs three more than Shadow Step. It has one instead of zero, but Shadow Step reduces by two and Breakdance reduces by none. So the thing about Breakdance is 
if you're bouncing something expensive, you get big stats, but when are you replaying the minion? And if you're bouncing something small, you get small stats, and then you pay full cost for the minion again. So it has to be something like Disc Jockey or Beatboxer in this set, where it makes sense. A 4-1 is perfect for this, because you get 4 attack and you get the value. That's roughly where you want to be. Beatboxer, I think, is a great idea. And Rhyme Spinner is kind of the thing that holds this all together. Where you want to play a deck that both bounces and combos, Rhyme Spinner is good in, with both of those things. It's good right in the middle. You bounce it and get... Because it's a small minion in terms of cost, but it theoretically will have large stats, and then you bounce it and you get large stats on a dancer as well. The dream here is you have a bunch of rogue combo minions that are bouncing back and forth, and then Rhyme Spinner cleans it all up, and you have a big, big board that you build over time. That strategy doesn't make sense without shadow with with shadow step rotating if you don't have shadow step this is not a deck so doesn't mean they don't rotate it i could see them nerfing it to only reduce by one i could see that after all this time really i I mean there's a (laughs) lot of community discourse i don't know if the card needs a nerf but i don't want to get called a rogue shill in the comments (laughs) okay i'll just do it here rogue shill (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's you look at you look at what what you want to do with this deck is you want to spin a bunch of rums. You want to play play combo cards and bounce them back and then play Ryan Spinner and breakdance it and play it again. But without Shadow Step, then none of this stuff really functions unless you're playing a very ambitious deck. And I really want to do this stuff and I don't think it would be all that broken. I bet it would feel like SI7 Quest Rogue, which was not a broken deck, it was just good. Um So I'm not sure if Shadow Step needs rotation. But I know that a lot of people that play against it feel that way. And I had a lot of people talking about it this week because the Rogue cards incite discussion. From my perspective as someone that's played a lot of Rogue, the biggest mistake they made with Shadow Step was getting the design perfect 10 years ago. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. I feel like I've seen it forever. I feel like Rogue has been pulling things back to their hand and playing it again for cheap. And it never... You know, like balance doesn't play into this conversation very much for me. It's 100 percent like feel and fatigue. I feel like I have been beaten by rogues shadow stepping something all the way back to freaking Leroy. Like (laughs) they've been shadow stepping things and killing me since day one. And then like in terms of, again, the fatigue comes in because Shadow Step has been integral to rogue decks since the beginning of Hearthstone. So it's like I'm ready for it to just not exist. And it's not necessarily that it's overpowered or that it needs nerfing. It's just like, can we have a year without Shadow Stepping? I think I'd be okay with that. Is this the year? Maybe not for the reasons that you said, like this deck is going to be a lot more fun and a lot more powerful with Shadow Step remaining in standard. But do I want that to happen? I don't really know. Like, I, I'm ready for a break from it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It might not be this time. Yep. I was talking to one of our patrons, this GTI, about it actually the other day. I was trying to dial in the people that hate facing Shadow Step. What is the thing? And there is an interesting note about Shadow Step that Rogue has historically abused broken neutrals because they get to do it twice. And Shadow Step allows you to double the broken neutral thing. Really good with Mr. Smite, really good with Leroy, really good with Astalor. Not uniquely good, but really powerful and makes the thing happen two times without the need for Bran. So it's 
the accomplice to busted neutral legendaries, and they're going to pr keep printing good neutral legendaries because that's what they do, and Rogue is always going to be there with Shadow Step to lean into it. So I think there's reasonable experience concerns there, even though I don't think the card is too powerful, but like you said, it's just a fatiguing experience. The closest comparison I can make is Ramp and Druid. Druid wouldn't feel like Druid without Ramp, but people have feelings about Druid ramping, and even though they do it a different way all the time, it's still... The same idea. And there's nothing that they can really print that's close to Shadow Step without just being Shadow Step. Whereas Ramp, you can experiment a bit more. Whereas people that like other classes that maybe weren't as good or weren't as defined when the game came out, Paladin, Priest, Shaman, they get new tools all the time. But there is no one evocative thing that, like, this is the priest card. Because they've changed the priest core set, like, four times now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one thing you can point at. But Rogue got... Shadow Step is what Rogue does. It very much captures the feel of the class, and they've designed around it for ten years. Which, it's hard to undo that, because every Rogue card ever printed has acknowledged Shadow Step. And that means you need to kind of start over with this year if you want it to be gone next year. Or you would have had to have done it last year if you want to start yeah. this year. And I don't know if they're ready to make that kind of commitment. It's an interesting conversation for sure. It's one of those conversations in Hearthstone that I feel like has been going on for like years and years at this point. Like yes. Shadow Step has been, uh, I would say probably since they introduced the core set for sure. Because this conversation comes up every March <laughs> of like, Correct. is this the it year does. that we don't have to deal with Shadow Step anymore? Um, and I think that it's good to see the other side of the conversation too, because like obviously as a rogue victim, um, yeah. <laughs> like I am sick and tired of Shadow Step. But as a rogue enthusiast and a rogue lover, you obviously want Shadow Step to stay because you are right. Whether I want to actually admit it or not, you are right in that they have the rogue design space. Shadow Step is always there, right? It has restricted the design. So if you take that tool away, then all of a sudden, all the rogue cards are awful, right? So we have yeah. to either have one year of Hearthstone, which people like me are probably on board with, people like you not so much, one year of Hearthstone where rogue is unplayable, while they have a whole bunch of underpowered stuff that, you know, did, doesn't have Shadow or like, sorry, a bunch of stuff that was designed with Shadow Step, um, that we, you know, don't have that tool anymore. So all of those cards become terrible and unplayable. And we have to wait till we have two years of cards that didn't design around Shadow Step. Um, so we have to have one year of Rogue either being totally unplayable or one year of Rogue being very overpowered because <laughs> they have cards designed without Shadow Step in mind, but we still have the Shadow Step tool. So I feel like Rogue's in a really weird place. Um, unless we keep Shadow Step forever. That might just be the reality that we're in. You can make a rogue deck that's good without Shadow Step. Death Rattle Rogue. You enjoy Death Rattle Rogue for a minute, right? For a minute. <laughs> deck did not play Step. No version of Death Rattle Rogue played it. Uh, you can make rogue function without it. It wouldn't necessarily be archetypical miracle rogue, and that's okay. That deck doesn't always need to be viable. Some people would tell you otherwise on the internet. You don't have to listen to them. Um, but... <laughs> Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a Shadow Step fan. I'm a Rogue fan. I want a cool Rogue deck to play, and it doesn't have to be Miracle, even though I like the field contact style or whatever, draw a bunch of cards. Like, it's, I'm not going to tell you I don't enjoy that. I do. But it's not the, the thing that I look for when playing the class. I just like how the class plays. So if they can 
emulate that feeling or give me something else to do for a year, I'm all about it. Pirate Rogue ain't it. Death Rattle Rogue is fine. But my biggest concern if they were to rotate Shadow Step this year is that this cool new deck that we're looking at doesn't happen. And the only Rogue deck that people would end up facing is Thief Rogue. Do you <laughs> want that, listener? Is that what you want? Probably not. A bouncy... It's like... So I think a bouncy deck would be fun. Like I look at these rogue cards and I think that bouncing combo, like breakdancing craziness looks like fun. I want to, yeah. see, to see rogues doing that. I just don't want, I don't want it to be too powerful and to have every game that I play versus this bouncy rogue. <laughs> you won't because for better or worse, Miracle Rogue loses like four cards they'll be fine and is still going to be better than this. So I expect this deck will be fun and solid, and that's where I want rogue decks to be. Uh, and I'm not worried about Freebird Rogue. I'm not worried about Rhyme Spinner Rogue. I am worried about Miracle Rogue remaining one of the better decks in the game because it does not lose very much. That's fair. All right, so we talk about shamans. Uh, we got actually quite a few. We got seven cards out of uh, Shaman. And uh, I I want to talk about the the spell first, obviously the song, <laughs> so, the best name in the set. Yeah, so uh, it is a five mana legendary fire spell for shaman with a text that reads: transform a minion into Ragnaros the fire lord, fire lord with uh, overload of two, and it's called Jive Insect. All caps. <laughs> I love this so much for very obvious reasons <laughs> and also they printed six overload adjacent six overload interaction cards in this expansion six we're finally getting to use the shaman mechanic overdraft is rotating so i'm a little concerned we'll see what mm. comes back i'm hoping it's lava shock and not eternal sentinel for dealing with overloaded crystals well it could go into core right like uh, it if it's a tool that is so integral to overload, there's a chance that it won't rotate, that it'll just get put in the core set, right? My So it's a tradable card. Maybe it just gets traded right in the core. We haven't really seen, I think only one time ever has a card gone from an expansion set to the core set the following year, Sunreaver Spy, the neutral that buffed on secrets and no one remembered because it was Sunreaver Spy. Um <laughs> Overdraft is a lot more visible. If they did that, I'd want like I'd want Benedictus to go into core so we get to keep Shadow Priest because the hero power is not problematic. Just rotate Void Touch. But I don't know if they're going to keep all of these expansion cards that were pretty visible for a while. I hope so. I'd they really, might. Overdraft would be the best one. If they do that, I'd be very happy. But I'd be also very surprised. And I hope that I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but yeah, so we did see, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of overload cards that have been uh, printed for Shaman. So uh, the only one that doesn't have overload on it is the Brass Elemental, four mana, three, three, uh, which has Rush, Divine Shield, Taunt, and Wind Fury. All the keywords. Um, but everything else does interact with overload in some way, including their weapon, which is a three mana, two, two weapon with a death rattle. So again, this is the the death rattle weapon synergy that we're seeing from normally attacking classes. Uh, death rattle, your next spell costs one less. Overload while equipped to improve. 
So again, we're seeing that uh, one-off death rattle effect that gets better when you do the thing your class wants to do. And now we have a whole bunch of cards that have been printed in order to let you do the thing better. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if you want to go through all of them or if there's uh, specific ones that you wanted to point out from the Shaman set. Uh, I like the legendary Inza. Five mana, five, five, uh, battle cry for the rest of the game. Your overload cards cost one less. Cool. That seems good. I want to do that. Um, remember that Bolner, Macaw, Bran are all rotating, so there's no craziness there. Uh, at least not that we know of. Um, and I do like Pack the House. Seven mana spell, summon a random six, five, four, and three cost minion overload two. It is in that order so that you always get the biggest ones first if your board is full. Yeah, that seems really, really cool. I mean, like... I like the idea of I know I know not everybody likes uh, shaman doing evolving things or random things. I like <laughs> doing random things, so uh, I like pack the house a lot. Um, and uh, you know, the more tools that remain available to us to make use of minion boards, whether it's things like bloodlusting or evolving or you know, like anything that puts minions on a shaman's board makes me happy. That is the type of shaman I like to play, so I am a fan. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're clearly a fan of the random stuff uh, because uh, we talked about Heartthrob already. Making (laughs) random means is fun, and I mean, the stuff that they're giving us here just doesn't seem all that threatening. It just seems like I hope that they give shamans mechanics some love, Jive Insect in particular, Five mana overload to transform minion to Ragnaros the Fire Lord. It looks better than it is. This card is worse than you think it is. Ragnaros is a worse card than you remember it being. All your opponent has to do is have small minions in play and it has a big chance of doing nothing. Or sometimes going face doesn't matter because then you get hit in your face. You have to have a minion in play when your turn starts if you want to play this on curve. But you make a rag and it's a fire spell and it's fun. Yeah. And (laughs) I want to do that. Same. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, the shaman set so far looks really interesting and, uh, I think overload shaman is going to be a thing and I look forward to playing with those cards. Let's talk about warlock. We've got, uh, Rin, which is their, uh, legendary minion. So Rin orchestrator of doom is a five mana, three, six taunt with a death rattle. Both players draw two cards discard two cards and destroy the top two cards of their deck so for warlock and warrior we really only have the legendaries to talk about yeah. there are a couple warlock cards i don't think that they're all that important right now no. out of context but ran is a card that well i missed her nice to see her back uh this card probably reads a lot better than it is if it even reads all that well i'm not <laughs> sure what we're supposed to do with it other than annoy people and it's very good at annoying people but so keep in mind, both if you are facing this, it is card neutral for cards in your hand, right? It is basically destroying four cards from your deck because you don't choose what you discard. You don't choose what you draw. You don't choose what gets burned. And any card that gets burned is functionally equivalent to a card in the bottom of your deck, barring dredge or whatever. Just assume that they're cards you wouldn't have drawn unless you draw your whole deck, unless it's a fatigue situation. If that's the case, then this is a 5-mana 3-6 taunt, death rattle, both players burn 4 cards from their deck. That is not a good card. That is a bad card. It's If you're playing a Fatigue Warlock deck and you really want to do that, you can do that. People will overreact to discarding cards they were holding, and it is a little better if they like 
searched for something, right? Went out of their way to get something in hand, hand buffed, whatever. There's a bunch of hand buff in the set, so it's slightly better. But most of the time, this effect is functionally equivalent to choose the four cards that both players would not have drawn this game. That's not good. <laughs> Could be fun. If you're into this sort of thing, you can be into it. But unless we have a lot of context for discarding or milling or whatever, um, doesn't really do anything. And we're losing the empty deck cards, the Baron Scavenger and Bristleback. Yeah, this this card very much seems like we're missing support to me. That's what I get from this is like we need to yeah. see some sort of warlock cards that make it so that Rin is a plus for you and a minus for your opponent. Otherwise, you would never want to play this. So whether that is getting um, cards that, you know, if they get discarded, do something um, cards that if they get destroyed, do something, um, you know, just like you say, like fatigue support or like who knows. But there's got to be something about Rin and her text that makes it so that it's better for the Warlock than their opponent. Otherwise, you're never going to play this. And I don't think that the Hearthstone team would print a legendary minion that the class just absolutely does not want to play. <laughs> like, they've obviously yeah. printed bad cards before. I'm not saying that they don't make bad cards, but it's like every class gets one legendary minion in this set. Like, they wouldn't make it this um neutral you know what i mean like it, they wouldn't make it this the same i don't think i think there's going to be support for this there will probably be something but there doesn't have to be because the people that like playing discard mill warlock they do so because they want to do it people <laughs> will want to play this card this will be popular and it doesn't have to win games to be popular this is a class fantasy that people love engaging with it's not necessarily in a competitive sense, but they like burning all of their opponent's cards and taking stuff out of their hand and being evil and purple and whatever. <laughs> we've we've seen this with Ticketus Warlock. That deck lost more than it won, but people love playing it all the time and people complained about it when they faced it. I You don't need to give this a lot of support in order to make this popular. I hope they give it support. Are you basically saying that warlock players are just inherently evil and that they just need to cackle evilly as their opponent's cards burn and that's enough for them? <laughs> Some warlock players. Not all not, I'm not I'm not gonna generalize all warlock players. I'm not gonna stereotype. I'm just saying Ticket has never won more than half of its games, and it was a very popular card that we heard about on this show for since it was printed until it rotated. Uh I think that there is there are players that want to do things like this and things like Tony that will be happy with this design. I don't see right now how it would fit into a competitive landscape, but not every card needs to be, needs to be designed for a competitive landscape. And also, they could easily print support. It's a thing they could do. That's fair. I, I think we're going to see a bit more support for this card, like, personally. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Usually, the legendary spells have gone with the minions so far. Like, yeah, I think fair. all of them have some kind of synergy where when we have, have we had, where have we had the legendary spell? Okay, so Starlight Groove and Kangor actually don't even talk to each other at all. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, wonder, I'm curious to see if the, the Inza and Jive Insect, it's an overload spell, so it costs one less. I'm curious to see what the Warlock spell is, and I'm also curious to see what the Warrior minion is, because the Warrior spell is Weird. Yeah, so the warrior spell is five mana fire spell, black rock and roll, which gives all minions in your deck attack and health equal to their cost. 
that seems like you're going to want minions that have super powerful effects and their stats have been hit as a result. So like. You're making the same mistake I did. Okay. Okay. Not not set give. So one mana minions get plus one plus one. Two mana minions get plus two plus two. Three mana minions get plus three plus three. Okay. Okay. I made the same mistake. This is a this is a little Lorthamar that it scales stats based on what the minions cost, but it's exclusively positive addition. So okay. two drops get plus two plus two, for example. So the rate there is generally pretty solid. Like a harbor scamp becomes a four four. If you have some four mana minion, it becomes it gets plus four plus four, gets a free blessing of kings. It doesn't hit anything in play. It doesn't hit anything in your hand. So it's still five mana wait for something good to happen, which is generally not what you want to do. But this is a pretty good thing. And if you're able to get a bunch of minions out of your deck the next turn, it's big stuff. Like think about that uh, that new uh, flush shaper, the six mana three eight that it copies. That gets plus six plus six and you potentially copy it. That's numbers. <laughs> that is numbers. <laughs> okay. I was definitely, I was thinking about this totally wrong then. Um, I made the same mistake. I had to read the card like seven times. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that seems better. It is substantially better. Yeah, I was thinking like, what five mana one ones does Warrior have? And do I even (laughs) want a five mana five five? That's what I was thinking. I was like, if everything is like five mana five five, six mana six sixes, I was like, they're going to have to have really good effects on those cards. To make those not even vanilla stats <laughs> good. <laughs> so like Decimator Olgra. What if, if you play this on five and then draw Olgra? She's a 913. Big. Big. I can see how the like, uh, I mean, so again, this is it feels like so hard to evaluate because you're doing literally nothing on turn five, right? You are playing a spell you are not impacting the board. You are not, uh, you know, like stopping your opponent from doing anything. You just are playing a five mana spell and passing the turn. And then you have to get things out of your deck. So I think that's probably the support piece, that tutoring piece of either like cheating things out like, um, oh, crap, what was that mechanic? It just like pulled and summoned immediately. Recruit. Recruit. Thank you. Yeah. So if they're going to get something that will recruit minions or, you know, like a whole lot of card draw or and even then when I'm talking about like card draw and tutoring and things like that, it's like those are still that's still cards I have to play mana I have to spend before I even then get to play the minion that is that is going to be OP, right? Because it's going to have crazy big stats, but it's like, am I going to be dead? Before I get those crazy big minions and those crazy big stats. And I think maybe, yes, I'll be dead. <laughs> it's, I mean, out of context, this card is not good. It is bad. It's not a good card. But we get more warrior cards in 22 minutes. So we're, <laughs> we're not going to keep recording for 22 minutes. But I assume that we're going to see something that makes this card make more sense. And the amount of stats that it gives, if the game goes a little longer is good yeah it just we have to get there yeah we have to basically see that control warrior support so again uh we should be hearing the core set announcement uh tomorrow i would guess possibly friday but i think probably thursday 
Uh, they did say it was going to be sometime this week. So we'll get the core set announcement. I think that's where we're going to potentially see some core tools and or control tools. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we still have all of the rest of the warrior cards to see. So hopefully there will be some sort of support uh, for this legendary spell. Uh, if you guys haven't had enough music talk, there is going to be a Hearthstone DJ Music Festival uh, It is happening March 25th. So that is uh, this coming Saturday. And uh, I think, is it going to be on the Play Hearthstone Twitch account? I think yes. Yes. Uh, so March, yes, it will. March 25th from 10 a.m. to 1.15 p.m. Pacific time. And there are drops enabled as well. Uh, Nicolina, friend of the show, is going to be performing. So uh, do go check it out. It's it's a really cool idea. Yes, I'm, and it's cool to see Nicolina there. As I know she's been working on her DJ side project stuff for a little while. All right, so uh, that's it. That's that's all we've got for this week, guys. Um, I'm sure we're gonna have plenty more cards to talk about for next show, as well as all the changes to the core set. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for us this week. A reminder that we are supported by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash attack. Becoming a TAC patron gives you access to our Patreon Discord as well as some other perks. So go and check that out. Big thanks to our Patreon producers, Dustin C and Jarrett F. Uh, you can go and follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast. And uh, once we resume live shows, you can find them Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Plays. So hat where can folks find you on the internets? What are you up to? Uh, I'm tweeting over at twitter.com. Such ridiculous hat, the hub of my content. I do podcasts, uh, tweeting and podcasts. That's my whole life. Um, <laughs> so I do two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Concede, make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you, uh, coinconcede.com. And Vicious Syndicate, we do a data-driven look at the high legend metagame. It's over in viciousyndicate.com. Uh, Joss, what about you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. You can also check out The Gamers In, which is my general gaming podcast. If you're into all of that, we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up soon. So do go and check that out. But yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, job's done. Job's done. Job's done.